Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for Olympiakos FC Greek Super League football. I'm here with Kostad Levoyanis, my co-host, and Yannick from the PSV podcast, and we're hoping to get into some PSV. PSV? How, how, how would I say it correctly? I've been saying PSV. Officially, it's PSV. The Dutch say yeah. PSV, but everyone else saying PSV. So I understand I, I've been, what you're I've been about. saying PSV, so I feel good about myself there. So That's we're great. Gonna, That's great. So I'll, I'll just ask straight away, how are you doing, Yannick? Uh, it's good to speak with you. Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to the game, of course, and nice uh, uh, to talk to you uh, in the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and so before we get into the game, I have some housekeeping things and some news to go over first on the housekeeping. We haven't had a ton of special guest announcements recently, and that's because we've been working on some players behind the scenes. We really don't want to start the guessing games just yet of who it could be, but it looks like we may be having a very special guest to announce real soon. So guys, keep your eyes out on social media. We may be dropping some clues as we always do for the players. You guys love guessing. And you guys love getting the first question and if you get it right. So we'll be doing that again soon. And second, thank you again to our sponsor, Perez International. Perez International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at www.Perez International, like the port in Greece, and give them a call at 410-675-4696. For the first time doing that. that. That went pretty well for me. Anyway, on to the news, guys. Kostas Chimikas was awarded Greek Footballer of the Year. A bunch of our players were also in the Dream 11 with Yusef El Arabi getting the Golden Boot and Pedro Martins winning Coach of the Year. Other than that, I think the only thing really is is news about the game. Um, if we want to get into it, actually, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, Yannick, first about your guys' podcast and just tell us about what you do and pay us vague your love for the, the football team there. Yeah, uh, we started as uh, a bunch of friends who wanted to talk about PSV. We do uh, the commentary at the local radio station at every game. Um, so we uh, we decided to start a podcast that was four years ago. We did it once or twice a week. And in the transfer windows, we did it daily. So we had a lot of news that, that was great um, and now we uh, um, are more like a, a background podcast we do a lot of interviews uh, um, we want to save uh, the podcast for, for uh, a little more time because after a match uh, uh, the podcast is old already so yeah we we have less episodes but but yeah we we kind of like it so it's our fourth season now that's super cool. And yeah, I, I, Paisve is a great club and you guys play really exciting football. So I guess we, we can talk about the football you guys have been playing this season from a, a Greek perspective. We, we've seen a little bit of you guys. I, I don't know if you, you remember, but you guys played Pauk twice, of course. Oh, yeah. And there were two really good games, actually. <laughs> the do. first one was when half of you guys were out with coronavirus or coronavirus travel restrictions. And then that second game, I think Pauk opened the the score and their fans were going crazy on the social media and then their their hearts were broken like usual as Pauk fans so to just give us some background about PSV this season how you guys are playing and I guess how it relates to some former seasons 
It was uh, um, a different group in the Europa League, uh, and we uh, thought we were out at the game uh, against Pauk because, yeah, we lost it, the first one, and then the second one, uh, um, we thought, okay, this is it. This is the end of the season for us. And uh, to talk about the season, we have a new coach, Roger Schmidt uh, from Germany. He's very ambitious. He wants to put something new in, in Eindhoven, and He's, he's trying to do that, but as you were mentioning, uh, the coronavirus makes uh, makes it difficult. Uh, so he has to rotate, uh, rotate a lot of players. It's not that successful. We were knocked out in uh, the cup uh, last week. The competition, we are uh, behind by a lot of points. So for us, the Europa League is, is the main thing now. And, uh, and that's what makes the, the game so important for us. Did you sack your manager, the one that you started with at the beginning of the season? Or has Schmidt been with you since the beginning of the season? Yeah, yeah. He, he was appointed last year in uh, March. Uh, we had Mark van Bommel, who was a, yep. a, a club legend. Uh, uh, and he was appointed manager uh, three years ago. He started... Uh, really really well and then it, it didn't go well so he was sacked and um, the, the club decided to to put all, all the things all around to to do something completely different and that's why they appointed uh, Roger Schmidt yeah. Roger Schmidt was the Red Bull manager South, was he at Salzburg? He was Salzburg, Salzburg yeah yeah and then he went to uh, Leverkusen uh, he did quite well there uh, and then went to China uh, to get a lot of money. <laughs> and that's what made it possible for us to, to sign him because, yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't do it for the money. He, he wants to uh, develop himself as a coach and probably go to, to a big league after this. So he signed for two years. And I think he wants uh, or he has his big plans for next season that that's what, what has to bring it all together so this year he wants to build it up and next season hopefully he will uh, do what he wants to do yeah so that leads me to ask what, what what type of football are you guys playing currently my quick read of dutch football is that there's two central defensive midfielders and that is something that's made fans really upset. Can you kind of describe the formation and how Paisway typically plays? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the idea of Roger Schmidt is high-intensity uh, football. He wants uh, a lot of pressure uh, high up the field and he plays with four defenders, two uh, wingbacks who are almost like, like attackers. Dumfries and Marks, really important for the game of PSV. Two uh, centre-backs and then two defensive midfielders, uh, Sangare and Rosario uh, normally. Yeah, they don't have a lot of creativity. They can win balls and that's their main, uh, main goal. And then they have to pass it to uh, one uh, player of the same colour and that's what, what they are not that good about. Then we have two like attacking midfielders or uh, attackers. They play in the center to uh, give Dumfries and Marx the, uh, the time to, uh, to go around them. And then we have two players up front. And I think uh, up front, yeah, that's where our qualities uh, are. We, we have a lot of good strikers, attackers, and in the defense, um, it can be better, yeah. I have to say, 
I didn't watch the Baug games. All I know is that they were high scoring games and I, I haven't watched any PSV games this season, but from from some analysis and what I've been hearing on radio and um, I, I know that the guy spoke with a Dutch journalist on podcast a couple of episodes ago. I have the impression that this is, these two games could be high scoring games. Uh, just listening to the description of the team playing this kind of 4-2-2-2 formation yeah. and having really attacking fullbacks that could leave spaces open for the transition um, I think that's that's how uh, the goals were scored in the Pauk game, actually. I think you guys went ahead and then they scored four goals in 20, in, in 20 minutes at the, at the, uh, in the second half, which was crazy. But also, I should say that from, from our sides, we have a bit of a shaking up of the defence at the moment. One of our three defenders, top three defenders, was loaned out to... Uh, to Saint-Étienne and Socrates Papastathopoulos was brought in from Arsenal. So he's a I mean, high stature Greek player that's played abroad for about 15 years, decided to come back to Greece now. He hasn't played for over six months. Uh, and we don't have Ruben Semedo, our, our number one centre-back playing. Uh, we have a, a new recruit at right back that's probably starting. So we have two players at the, at the back, actually three, three players at the back that just joined in January. So looking at the PSV strike force as well in Zahavi and what I've been hearing about the other young chap, uh, Marlon. If I'm Marlon. It's incredible, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it could be a high-scoring game. It could be very good for the neutral. That's my impression going into the game. And um, maybe another thing I'm, I'm hearing from what you were saying and uh, the, the different analysis on PSV liking to press very high up the pitch, we're missing Jan Villa going into this game. He's our number one defensive midfielder. He likes to bring the ball out of defense. And I think for me, he's our, one of our best players, if not our best player. He looks set to miss the game. That means we'll probably have Bukalakis playing at the six. He's a good player, but if he's pressed, he gets into problems. So that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. So you play with one six and two uh, attacking midfielders, like four three three, or it changes. In Europe, we've played a lot four three three. Uh, in the Champions League, because we were normally playing against sides that were better than us, we only employed um, on paper better than us. Um, I should I should add, we played four two three one once in the Champions League, and we beat Marseille in our first game. That was the only game that we won in our group. But generally in Greece, we do play the four two three one. We like to attack from the wings. We like to have you know attacking fullbacks that stretch the field, and then. Uh, two wingers that are more inside forwards and uh, and the number 10 who is Greece's best player which is Costas Fortunis who will probably start on um on Thursday against PSV but yeah this is this is a question to debate whether we will start 4231 or 433 on Thursday because we don't have the players for the 433 uh with with MV missing that would mean we have to move Andrutos, who is a player we've been playing at right back into centre midfield. So I think it will probably be a 4-2-3-1 with us and 1-6 and an 8 and a 10 
yeah, a lot of question marks in your in your starting eleven, yeah. and for us as well because we um, we have Mario Götze as you know, um, he is our big star, uh, but he is uh, he has a lot of injuries. I think he is back now, but we are not sure if he's starting Thursday, and um, our other attacking midfielder uh, Cody Gakpo, also a really good player, uh, is also injured injured. I hope he's coming back on Thursday, but those are the two big question marks for PSV. So depends on on them if we are uh, good or really good. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. But the the front two seems so deadly from what we've seen, and uh, and that just seems like the the danger area because it just they get one or two chances and you take the away goal and we're in trouble right away it feels like and another side I wanted to point out and maybe you can explain more the the two fullbacks because from what I understand and from what we've heard earlier is they are two of the key parts of course Dumfries is the captain of PSV and is a regular in the Dutch national team and then Mox I think you just signed as well um yeah last summer and, and he I, I feel like Pace has always had a decent left-sided fullback. Angelino, I remember, had so many assists for them a few seasons ago. Yeah, after Angelino, uh, we were struggling. So it was uh, the main goal for our technical manager to get a left wing back. And uh, he got Max, and Max played himself into the Germany national squad. So uh, he's doing really well. And as you mentioned, Dumfries, uh, our captain, um, I think he's going to play uh, for the Netherlands uh, uh, this summer uh, at the European Championships for sure. So, yeah, those are two really, really important uh, players, uh, especially for uh, yeah their their uh, capability to to uh, do long runs, to to pass the ball, um, and their weakness, of course, is their uh, defensive skills. They improved a lot. Uh, especially Dumfries, um, but yeah, there are opportunities for uh, for the other teams uh, to do something uh, with with all the space they they leave. So that's interesting to see next Thursday. Yeah. So that that's so interesting because I I think this is the perfect segue to bring up Bruma, who is now on loan at Olympiakos from PSV. Yeah. He he is gonna play. It sounds like, and yeah, is been, he because he was injured? Uh, yeah, he was he? injured, but he he's such a hot and cold player. Like he goes three three four games, and it's like okay, this guy's picking up form, and then there's like a little hamstring niggly injury, and he's out for two weeks, and he has to restart almost. So he's at the restart point, but it sounds like he is gonna play. Um, he did not play against Panathinaikos. He wasn't even on the squad list, but the reports in Greece say that he is gonna play. So. I but you, I don't know you really you like Bruma, don't you? Because I heard great stories about him performing well in, in Greece. And yeah. He, I don't, I, so we have a buyout option, I think, of six and a mm -hmm. half million. But there, I don't think there's any way the club pays six and a half million for Bruma. Like he, if he showed maybe a bit more, maybe six and a half million is pushing it for Olympiaco. So we like to bring our wingers in from god knows where and bring them in and develop them i think the only time we paid real money was bodense but we thought we were getting him for free so costa what do you think about this i i i could see us trying to negotiate in the summer but i don't know how open pesve is to make such a big loss after they signed him for so much money because it would probably be from our side three million i would say three to four million would be max we would pay for him 
I think we've, we've talked about this on the podcast a few times already, you know, asking the question, would you pay six and a half million for Bruma based on the performances that we've seen? And I think we're all unanimous that the answer is probably no. Uh, notwithstanding, like he's a, I think he's a very good player. He has a lot of defining qualities like his pace, his ability to run into space and even, you know, one touch football. I think he's, he has a good football IQ. I mean, he's, played in the Netherlands and he's played in a lot of different countries so he no doubt he's a good player but for us uh, six and a half million is a lot of money mm -hmm. um Daniel Podense actually it took over a year and a half for us to actually pay anything for him because we <laughs> we we uh we were lucky in that we have good relations with um George Mendes uh, Ronaldo's uh, agent who has uh, Podense as as his as his client he bought him to us when there was an incident at Sporting Lisbon and then we only paid money for him to avoid a, a court dispute with Sporting and then a few months after we paid money we made a 15 million euro profit uh, so we're, we're quite nifty with you know when it comes to the making those kinds of business on on players but I think Bruma he had a he had a poor start to his career at Olympiacos, he came and he got injured immediately and he missed big parts of the Champions League campaign. He only played in a, in a Man City game, I remember him coming on in the second half. But really, there was nothing, nothing to remember from him in the Champions League, nothing at all. And then he got past his injury. He had three, four, five consecutive games. He was, you could see the rhythm returning and you could see the ability and everything that that he's become known for over the years and then a week ago he he played in league game and he's he complained about muscle injury in um i think in the groin so he got taken off and he's been i think they've been managing him for this game i think they've been saying okay you're not going to play. We're getting you ready for the PSV game. So I'm I'm hoping that he hasn't lost a lot of rhythm because, again, from what I've heard of, of PSV, there are going to be a lot of spaces in behind for him to run into. And It's uh, our big nightmare that he performs well for, for you guys uh, in the games <laughs> against us. Yeah, yeah, because he really... He, he didn't perform well. He really underperformed uh, in in his time at PSV. We we signed him for like more than ten millions, um, and yeah, uh, we were expecting a lot of him, and he didn't score goals. He didn't give assists. So yeah. Yeah. Is he getting injured a lot there as well? Like he's quite injury prone, would you say? No, no, he 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 got uh, subbed off and and then uh, he he got on the bench. So uh, uh, yeah, it didn't go well for him. So uh, I I was happy that that he found uh, a club where he could restart his career. Uh, and I don't think that any club is going to pay like seven or eight million dollars or euros for, for him now. So I can see who, who would be doing that now. So there have been some reports that we are trying to renegotiate for the extension of his loan. Yeah. I think that yeah. that sounds logical to me that that's what the club will probably yeah. do. Um, again, I, I doubt very much we'll pay the buyout. Uh, if he if he performs wonders in in the two games against PSV and you know he he leads us to a qualification and 
is is great for the rest of the season. Even then, I think they'll try and they'll try and reduce the price. They'll try yeah. and say, okay, six and a half. Yeah, what about three, four? Uh, but but we'll see. We're we're, we're expecting a lot of a lot of things from him uh, on Thursday and in the and in the game next week for sure. Yeah, I, I honestly, it's just I think he could do it on Thursday. But the thing is, it's just he's a player that sometimes you see it, you see him play, and you're just like, okay, this this guy has got it. And then then other times he just disappears, and it's like. God, man, what what what's going on here? Like we we have had our share of mediocre wingers, and you, when you watch Bruma play, you can say, okay, he's not one of these mediocre wingers. The listeners know who I'm talking about. We don't we don't need to go into all of that, but I I honestly think there's some room for him here. And if he plays together with Matthew Valbuena, maybe at a ten or or Fortunis at a ten, and we have Yoros Masuras probably on the other side, he's given a bit more room, a bit more width. I could see him doing something, but it, it's difficult to even imagine because he, Costa can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's, he hasn't done anything in a derby, I believe, even. He, he didn't do anything in Europe earlier this season, but I don't think, has he has he scored in a derby or an assisted in a derby? I can't remember right now. I'm putting you on the spot. Bruma. Bruma, yeah. I think he had a, I think he was decent against Balk in the 3-0 game, I think. Uh, okay, I, it, yeah, it's he, just slipping hit, me, but he, I. He hit the post. Yeah. Ah yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he was in. He, he was, was decent against Pauk. Yeah, you're right. Okay, now balls, that no, yeah. yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna have to see. I think it's it's really inter- there. There's that. There's the story. The storyline is there, right? We, <laughs> I guess, the motivation is there. Is, is <laughs> yeah. he gonna do it? I, I just don't know. Um, I guess one of the more interesting storylines too from our side is. Who is going to play it right back for us? Of course, we signed Kenny Lala. I won't say Lala. La. I've been known to add a Lala to the end. But Kenny Lala has been signed. And there's rumors and reports that he is going to be the starter, which has led to more rumors that our current right back who played against Panathinaikos, Tanasi Andruzos, will be moved to the midfield. I don't know. After the game against Aris, which uh, Lala played, I don't. I didn't think he was ready to play in this game. And I think the scenario where PSV could go after Olympiacos because I don't, I don't know what what we're going to see from Lala. I don't know, Costa. What what do you think? I really don't know what we can expect from him because I don't want to say his performance was lackluster when he played against Aris in the cup, but he's just a player that just landed uh, a few weeks ago, literally deadline day signing, and yeah. you can't expect him in sixteen days to be integrated into the team and knowing how important the wing-back play is for Olympiacos, I don't know what we can really expect of him. But at least defensively in the game that he did play, he made some some good interceptions and he, he was fairly steady. But I don't know. It's, um, it, it is what it is. And I think in, at the end of the day, it will probably be him starting because... Andrutos has frailties defensively, and maybe Martins does want to shore up the defense. But if we want to attack, I think Andrutos could retain a spot. But but again, from everything I'm hearing, the wing play of PSV is going to need some good uh, defensive tactics and wing backs that, that know how to defend, how to position themselves. So 
So I think that might give him the edge over Andrutos. And I, I don't expect Andrutos to play in midfield either. I think that would be a massive surprise, a massive surprise for me if we start with Andrutos in midfield. Uh, I think it's going to be Bukhalakis Kamara, like it was in previous European campaigns. They know each other very well and uh, and they've had Fortunis play in front of them. So I think uh, I think for me that's the the safest option to have those three in midfield, Kamara, Bukhalakis and Fortunis. And I guess this is a question now for Yannick. Who were the two attacking midfielders who do you think Paisve will utilize in this game? I know, actually, an interesting connection. I, I think one of the guys named Ryan Thomas from New Zealand. My my sister's boyfriend is actually a reporter, <laughs> a, New, a New Zealand uh, football reporter, and he's interviewed him, actually. So that that's the only reason I know of him. But anyway, so is Ryan Thomas going to play? Who are the other candidates? Gotza, I think you mentioned. Uh, in ideal circumstances, we would play with Gotza and Gakpo. But uh, as I was mentioning, they are both coming back from an injury. So then we have uh, Iataren, uh, who is a big talent, 18 years old, uh, already called up for the national squad. Um, so I think he is going to play. And then that, that would leave one spot open. And I think Mauro Junior, a uh, Brazilian player, would be uh, the candidate to do that. But Ryan Thomas is one of the one of the options as well. But we, we are all hoping that Gakpo or Gutsa or even both, uh, we are hoping that they can play because they really add something to the PSV game. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I honestly think it's going to be really interesting just because it sounds like both teams are kind of, like from an Olympiacos perspective, we're throwing 33-year-old Socrates Papastathopoulos who's <laughs> been playing for the U23s of Arsenal for like six months now out there for the first full game he's played all season. We're throwing Kenny Lala out there, who's played one game and it wasn't the most inspiring. And then on the other side, we have 22-year-old Moldovan international Oleg Rebchuk, who's played really good since he came in on the first day of the transfer window. But again, first player. And we have Usain Uba, who has been... He's been a great defender for us, I'd say, but sent off this this weekend in only 30 minutes against Panathinaikos. He left some defending to be desired at points and... I don't know how it's going to work exactly, so I, I, I'm a bit worried. Again, also, we have no fans at Kariskaki, which is, for a game like this, it would have been a hot environment, we could say yeah. could say that. And so it, it, it's going to be interesting. And I we, we touched upon it a little bit earlier, but again, too, it, there was heavy snowfall in Athens today. Um, I don't know if you guys saw some of the pictures yeah. were unbelievable on the southern shores of Blifada, Buliameni, which is the southern suburbs of Athens, which are the beautiful beach resorts covered in snow, something I haven't seen in, I want to say, over 10 years. <laughs> so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how everything's ready and going well by then. I don't it, Do you think it'll, it'll be ready, the pitch? And, and do we are we going to see uh, an orange ball and, uh, and all those stuff? Or... Will it be okay? There might be an orange bull, but the pitch has under undersoil heating, so it's uh, it's a state of the art pitch and a state of the art stadium. There's no there's no problem. It should be fine for Thursday. There was ten centimeters of snow on the pitch today. I was I was listening earlier to the radio, so there's probably yeah a hell of a lot of work to do for the people working on the ground, but but there shouldn't be a problem. 
uh, I, I would imagine that the teams get to train on the pitch tomorrow. I heard today that half of our training session was in the gym and then the other half was was outside on the training field. But but for the game itself, it should be fine. Um, we, yeah, we have the luxury, I should say, compared to other clubs in Greece of having our own stadium and uh, there's been a lot of investment in it and in, you know, making it top-notch. So that's that's not going to be... That's not going to be a problem. I, I had a question, more a general one. What was the reaction of PSV fans when when you actually saw the draw? Like what what um what would you say was was what was your reaction or do you think your reaction is representative of <laughs> PSV fans in general? Um I think it could have been far worse for us, but I think uh, the main reaction was okay this is a team that we can beat compared to two teams and the players that they both have and the investments that they made. Um, so the first reaction was we, we can beat them. And then we started looking at the, the table in Greece and that you're so far up front. And uh, we thought, oh, well, this is going to be uh, really difficult for us because we are uh, a starting project we don't have a lot of experience we have a trainer who just stepped in with trying to uh, uh, to do th something uh, and you have an uh, you have a really experienced team who uh, works uh, the team works together well so that's going to be really difficult for us. So, uh, and and the last results weren't that positive for us. We lost against Ajax last weekend. We got a draw in the last minute against Ado Den Haag, who would, we would normally beat easily. So um, now the uh, the <laughs> the match is uh, is coming forward. Um, yeah, the, uh, we are not that positive anymore. So the, it's 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 interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was telling Costa just personally between us before the episode, it, it's almost flipped the switch because in December when we drew PSV, we were like, oh, oh God. <laughs> we thought we were in trouble because we had two 36-year-old fullbacks. Obviously, as you just heard, they're no longer here. Or Jose Holebas is here, but he's in no way going to play on Thursday. Rafinha is long gone. So this... Changes were made to Olympiacos because the fans were disappointed after the Champions League campaign, and rightfully so. And I, it's as the tie has gotten closer, we've seen what's going on in the Netherlands. We've heard reports, and there's kind of this idea: okay, we can really do this. We can, we can go on to the next stage. And this is what kind of I wanted to ask. I mentioned it a bit off camera, but there's this growing sense in Dutch media, at least with. Ibrahim Afalai, who's now almost like a pundit. He's almost like English-style ex-players become a pundit. I saw him on, on TV there. And then Raphael van der Vaart, who, of course, I think has a, been a pundit for a few years now, was an excellent Dutch player, had an international career, was excellent. Kind of questioning the project. And so I guess my question is, it seems like there's mounting pressure here. And if this PSV team goes out now in the Europa League against Olympiacos, is, is it over for the coach so is this almost a scenario where he sees i need to win this tie or this may be the job i, I don't know if it's i think it's it's yeah. really really important um and as you were mentioning offline and van der Vaart, they were critic criticizing it um 
uh, you should know that um, Dutch media, uh, uh, that their preference is a Dutch uh, manager at every club. So uh, when uh, a foreign coach comes on, he uh, gets a lot of criticism when when he doesn't perform well. So that that's always like that. And Afalai um, um, was a player for us last season, but he didn't play at all. Uh, he, he he got a lot of injuries. And Roger Smith's style of playing with high intensity, um, and yeah, that, that meant that Afalai couldn't couldn't keep up anymore, and he was sent away. And he got uh, he did, didn't get a new club so he decided to retire and now he is criticizing uh, our project so yeah uh, i i agree with uh, with his uh, with uh, what he's saying but yeah um, his point of perspective is uh, um, yeah that's that's a bit strange um, but but you were uh, asking if this is decisive for uh, Roger Schmid and his project. I think the most important thing for PSV is to uh, finish at least second in the Dutch table so they can probably play uh, qualifications for the Champions League next season. And um, yeah, that's the most important thing to, to raise money. Um, but for sure, it's, it's almost the main thing uh, now to to uh, to to go through in the Europa League is almost the only thing we are playing for now because we got knocked out in the cup we are at second place in the Eredivisie we have to keep that place that's the most important and then uh, the Europa League so yeah i think the pressure is really high for Logan Schmidt now but i don't think it's decisive if we if if we lose against you yeah Okay, so it's not Greek style yet. If you're out of the cup and you lose Europe, you're you're gone. <laughs> There's no. I think in, in the Greece tension is, is high, but I, no. I, I know the tension in uh, in Greece is is yeah incredible. So yeah. you you can compare that. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of wanted to ask. Um, so, what is the criticism of these ex players in the pundits in the Netherlands? So I. It's the system. Is this four triple two almost just seen as a not acceptable brand of football? I, I guess we're uh, a bit confused by it. You know, uh, they 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 like the four three three system. That that's our trademark in the Netherlands. And when you uh, add something different, they 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 see uh, the, yeah the, <laughs> they they see th things they don't like. So the double six with. Uh, Roger Schmid uh, always plays with uh, two defensive midfielders. Um, the, the, the criticism is that he, uh, he lacks creativity in the midfield. So, but if you uh, watch the game against Ado Den Haag that ended in a draw, two against two, um, they created around 30 chances. So, yeah, it, did, uh, it just didn't go in. And that's some, uh, something that, that, that can happen uh, in a match. Uh, and the other thing they are criticizing is that Roger Schmid is, is a manager who some, uh, sometimes uh, speaks out uh, uh, his mind directly. So he, he says things um, and then uh, after a couple of days, he thinks, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So about the referee and about Ajax having more money uh, and yeah, the, the, 
some sometimes it's not uh, so smart, but I think he should stick to the uh, to the football and uh, the, uh, to his project, and um, don't don't seek excuses for playing bad or getting bad results, but just keep improving, and then it'll be all right for PSV. You sound more optimistic than than pessimistic, I would say, but. Yeah, but I'm a PSV fan, so <laughs> I have to be, yeah. Oh, no, you do not have to be. Uh, as an Oli Belkos fan, I'm ready to, like, kill the coach sometimes if things go wrong. Especially Pedro Martins has been here three years. We have been so lucky. That is a lifetime in Greek football. And before that, it was, like, three months new coach, six yeah. months new coach, year new coach. So... We I don't, don't know. Really so know. this has been a very nice experience with Pedro Martins being here. And we can criticize him sometimes, but the football has been good. We've been beating our rivals and we played decent in, in Europe. So, Do you see the aggressive Portuguese style uh, with him? I, of... I would say it's, it's in Europe, I think we play pretty compact with the one we can play with that 4-3-3. And I, last season, I want to say there was... With that 4-3-3, it's almost like you have Matthew Valbuena who can create the chance and then you have Yusuf Al-Arabi who can score the chance. So uh, Valbuena had an injury problem that kept him out of a lot of European games and Al-Arabi couldn't find really great form in Europe. I, I think you could say the first half of the season. First half of the season was was just Olympiacos was getting results, but the football was really poor. And we discussed this quite a lot and we think there was no preseason we had a disaster of a situation with the cup final having to be played in August because of COVID slash the football federation in Greece being incompetent. Oh, that, so, that, that was much more to do with the with the football federation being yeah, a bunch, yeah, of, a bunch I, of idiots. I'm trying to give them a <laughs> I'm trying to give them a kind of handout, but we'll we'll just say COVID situation. So so the second half of the season, Costa can say I think the excitement for this game has been Olympiacos beat Pauk three 0 Olympiacos has been playing good football up until Sunday against Panathinaikos, where we lost 2-1. It has been looking good so far, and um, even with the Panathinaikos result, I think most Olympiacos fans have come to the realization that all of our eyes are on Thursday night. Everyone is going, like, this would be an atmosphere. It would be a lot of fun to be at this game because I think the buildup has been massive, and people are really, really excited because... Again, I, I, I feel like sometimes these tidbits get into Greek media. The the Van der Vaarts, Afalai, of course, played for us. So that got into our media. So it's almost like the blood is in the water and the, the fans are kind of smelling a chance here. So overall, I, I think it's it, it's really interesting. I, I don't know. I'm super excited, as you can probably tell. So I'm, I'm a little bit calmer than Labro is. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, like I said, I think it's going to be an exciting game, uh, given the, um, the situations on the, on, 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 on both sides. Uh, we have, like I said, a lot of, a lot of changes in defense. We're playing against a very attacking team, but against an, a team that, that leaves a lot of gaps in behind. So I'm, I'm foreseeing a high scoring game. On uh, in in both ties, to be honest, um, our coach. I, I don't want to say he's the conservative Portuguese type. He's he's adaptable. Uh, if you watched us play last year, we like to play. We like to play the same game, no matter who we play against. 
if you watched us play against Bayern Munich last season at home, that was the game that they suffered the most all season last season away from home. I can tell you that without any shadow of a doubt. You know they were killing teams towards the, the, the end of the Champions League, going away and beating teams 4-5-0. I can't even remember the score lines, but it was a fact that the hardest game that they had away from home in the Champions League last season was against us. And we were really pressing them to, to equalise and make it 3-3. So it, all that I want to say is that this, this team this year is quite different from last year's team. Uh, we lost our fullbacks at the beginning of the season. Costa Tsimikas, uh, who Labro mentioned earlier, he went to Liverpool. Uh, Omar El Abdelawi went to, to Galatasaray on a big, big money contract. And, uh, and then we signed two 36, 37 year olds to play, to play fullbacks. And it really changed the style of our game. And we had to adapt the way we play. And it really wasn't very attractive to watch the first, uh, the first few months of the season until the January transfer window, we signed two attacking fullbacks. And the left back that we signed looks very, very good. Uh, 23 years of age, young Moldovan, raised in Portugal, Porto Academy, looks very, very good. Um, has some problems with positioning in the box, but in transition attack and transition defense, he's fantastic. And on the right, we were still waiting to see. But now the team starts to play more like we did last year. We start to stretch the field more and create overlaps and situations where the opposing wing back has to play against three players. Um, so it's, um, yeah, Martins, Martins is um, an adaptable Portuguese coach and he's been, he's done a great job at Olympiacos. He came three seasons ago where we literally told 15 players to leave and then we signed 15 players to replace them and we told him build a team and he got us through um i can't rem remember how many rounds of qualification we finished third that season or fourth i can't even remember the season before he took over but yeah like labro said in greek football being a coach more than a year let alone a club like olibiakos for three years is uh very very rare very rare yeah, and uh, just to add on to that, like a lot of players we've spoken to and a lot of ex-coaches, I, I think Ernesto Valverde said this, like the pressure at Olympiacos is so immense that going on in your career is, it's just that mentality sticks with you sometimes and it, it's almost sink or, or swim. You get thrown in this deep end and you're expected to win every single game. Even a draw is unacceptable against most teams, even against rivals. So a lot of people can say, oh, the Greek league is not so good, which maybe is fair. At, at times it's been poor, but the mentality at Olympiacos and what can happen to players, you, you saw it with Rafinha who came in. He did a job, but but you've seen it with other players who came in. We, we signed this midfielder from Portugal named Pepe, came in and just sunk, as we would say. The mentality wasn't there, and there's not even fans in the stadium. Another part is the fans in the stadium in Greece, I don't know what it what it's like uh, at PSV, but like a missed dribble, a missed kick, and you're getting whistled for most of the game, especially if you're a Greek player. I don't know if you guys get on your Dutch players more than the foreign players, but in Greece, if a Greek player screws up, 
you're oh, really? in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, because and and you get whistled and you get booed. And do you understand what the fans are saying? The other guys have no idea. Oh, they're saying ole ole. So <laughs> you're you're living in happy land. Meanwhile, the Greek guy's like, oh my god, the world. It's the is opposite of them. It's the opposite of them. It's the opposite for you guys. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We we support our our talents and and our our Dutch players. Yeah, when when somebody from another country comes on. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're waiting to see what, what, what we can expect. But when a young Dutch player plays, we are always excited. And, and yeah, uh, um, normally they perform well. And, and yeah, that, that's, I think, uh, uh, one, of, one of the reasons our, our youth academies are so successful because we, we, we give our players, our young players, a chance. And that, that's what we see at PSV now. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, like 10 or 20 years ago, they bought a, lot, a bunch of players and that was it. And now, yeah, young players are, are getting a chance. And like, for example, Iataren or Gakpo, uh, Malen played in our youth academy coming from Arsenal. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's a thing we, we like to see at, uh, at PSV. Speaking of foreign players, you had a Greek player that played for you last season. How did he do? What did you think of Kostas. him? Kostas. I, I left my beard because of him now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Kostas Mitroglou. He, uh, he, he was uh, a loaning from, from uh, Marseille. And the, our, our first impression was, whoa, he is a genius. Because he uh, uh, the same day he signed for PSV, he played his first minutes. And uh, his first touches were incredible. He he played, uh, yeah, like like a Greek god. We we loved to see him play. Uh, but after that, we saw he was not that fast anymore. Uh, he didn't score a lot of goals. So we were a bit disappointed at the end of the season. He got onto our squad because we had a lot of injuries. And yeah, it was like a replacement. But not the uh, the level that we expected. So a bit of disappointment uh, when you mention the name Kostas Mitroglou, but he is like uh, a, a cult figure, I would say, uh, with his long beard and his his first minutes were incredible. That That's what we like to remember from him. And of course, he's a club legend for us. He's now back in Greece playing for Aris. He's had a really rough go of it with Marseille. They kind of Socrates Papastathopoulos style just said like you're not playing and we're not giving you a transfer and threw him to the to the dogs almost so I'm, Man, I'm it was hope- much worse it was much worse yeah he, he yeah he he's had a terrible experience of it and so he's kind of playing a bit more and I just don't think he's been fit as well just looking at him we saw him he came to Piraeus to play and he just didn't look didn't look how we remember him I kind of wanted to say which is really sad I'm really hoping he can get back into shape, but at this point, who knows if that can happen. He was never the fastest, though. Never. Yeah, Even when never he was, was at his peak, it was just, he's that, he's just a killer. You know, when he gets yeah. the ball in the box, as soon as he doesn't even look at the goal, he just shoots and it's a goal. Nine yeah. times out of 10, he would score. And um, for, for me, I, I think I've said before that if he had the work ethic and uh, a bit more, 
I don't want to say football IQ or I don't want to be mean and say that he doesn't have a brain. <laughs> like mentality but, almost. Yeah, maybe. it's just like there was something missing with him. It's like he had the ability for me to be a top 10 striker in Europe, but I think he didn't have the work ethic or it was too late until he realized that I could have trained that little bit more or, you know, my eating habits, if I didn't go out eating cheese pie at one o'clock in the morning in Livadia, we've heard stories, you know, of him like going out to get food the day before a match at like one o'clock in the morning and things like that. But it's, it's, a, it's a shame. But he's also a striker that playing as a front man on his own, he was never, even the season that he scored, 30 goals or whatever for us it was with a with another striker it was with someone short so it was like a little large 442 with us it was with uh, Javier Saviola who was playing up front with with him that was the season that he broke out and scored a hat trick in in the Champions League and we sold him eventually to to the Premier League with a injury with a knee injury we sold him for 18 million but yeah, okay, we we love him very much, uh, as as you can tell. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure. And last season we were playing four three three, so he was uh, like the central central attacker, and that's not where his qualities lie. I think yeah. uh, he had Marlon for the combination, but Marlon got injured as well. Um, yeah, and then he became our 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 main target man. But yeah, didn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder what it would have been like if he had that role that Zahavi now has, and he seems to be yeah, flourishing at, an, yeah. at a later age as well. And I guess uh, we should probably start wrapping up the the episode. So I guess going into this, we could do predictions of the first game and overall how the tie is going to go. So Yannick, you want to to kind of give your give your guess of what the first tie is going to look like, and then I guess yeah, I the whole tie. I think we can be we can be really happy that. Your fans are not allowed in the stadium. Uh, so that's a big advantage for us. I think we would be happy with a draw in, in, in Greece. Probably a small win, but a, a draw would do and, and at least a goal. Uh, and then the match in Eindhoven is going gonna, to gonna decide it all, I think. Uh, I, I don't think we, we can see a clear winner on, on Thursday, I think uh, this, the decisive match will be in Eindhoven. And yeah, then it's too bad that our fans can't be there. But um, I think we are able to go through. But yeah, we have to reach our normal level and not the, the level of last uh, two or three matches. What about you, your thoughts? I'm going to be bold this time and say 3-1 victory. That's my prediction. I don't know. I don't want to... Yeah, I'm going to stick to 3-1. I guess that, that that takes me... I Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm the most excited one. And I, I, I'm I really fearing a 2-2. Like, almost Dynamo Kiev we had two years ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm known for bringing out nostalgic references to old games. But I'm feeling like a 2-2 maybe on the cards, which is such a terrible result for us yeah. at home. But I have a, a gut feeling we may see something like that, given our... I, I have said over and over on this podcast, Jan Envia is such a good player, such an important player. Totally, Pjokos. Him being out, I think, was one of the big reasons we lost with Panathinaikos on the weekend. And 
against PSV. I don't know with Buhal. <laughs> Costa's not going to agree, but that's fine. <laughs> but uh, uh, with Buhal Lackey's that mistake, he's got the mistake, and especially when he's pressed, I think it can get to problems. So I'm going to say 2-2 at home, but I kind of, let's keep it interesting, say 3-2 on the road. Let's, I don't know. Let me let, let me try and justify myself because I did okay. probably a lot of people going to be listening to this and thinking, oh, this guy's crazy. I'm expecting a big game from Costas Fortunis tomorrow. Uh, I think it's I time. I, I really think it's time that we get a big game out of him in Europe playing in his natural position. I'm going to be pissed if he doesn't start tomorrow. Uh, as much as I respect and love Mathieu Valbuena, I think Fortunis owes a big game in Europe. And uh, I don't know how much you know about him, Yannick. I, I expect or suspect not a lot, but... Yeah, I've heard his name, but uh, the, the, I think that's it, yeah. He's um, he's a very talented player. He doesn't belong in Greece. Again, it's a mentality thing. Ooh, yeah. A lot of big players that we've sold to big leagues, they, they've been asked questions about him and they all say... What's his age? He's 28 and... Um, yeah, I mean, Daniel Pedense, who went to Wolves, he... They asked him a question about Fortunis and he said, like, Fortunis is one of the best players I've ever played with, but he doesn't have the mentality. Like, he just wants to stay in Greece. Oh, yeah, he, said he, was, he, he said he was lazy, actually. He said he was, he was the most lazy, lazy teammate he's ever had or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. isn't great. But... That's too bad. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he's he, he's very creative. He's It's going to be interesting, the sixes that you mentioned that you have on your team. Are they are they big? Like uh... Yeah, Sangare, especially. He's like a monster. But are he... they are they fast? Um like average, but uh, Sangare uh, is known for his extremely long legs. So every time he gets a foot Physical. between the ball and the player. So that's one of his qualities. Rosario, on the other hand, um, he can improve a lot of things. So, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's interesting to see those two uh, 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 against each other. Yeah. That's going to be interesting in midfield. And then, I don't know, I think goal scorers... For, I'm going to go even deeper. Goal scorers, El Arabi, Fortunis and Bruma. It's going to get one. No! <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, for some reason, I can see Bruma hitting the post like three times because it seems like he hits the post more than any player we've seen. I feel like he's at the post how many times against Pauk? He hit the post that like two times. That would be the Bruma so. we know. So uh, <laughs> I can see that. Personally, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say... Uh, Fortunis will score and kind of random. I kind of, I don't know. Kenny Lala has been known as a free kick specialist, a penalty taker. Let's say Kenny Lala. There's no was... way Fortunis is letting Lala take. Free okay, there's kicks. no way. Lala, <laughs> there's now that no I think way. about that, yeah. Let, <laughs> let's say Madi Kamara scores a goal. That's that's what I say. And he's a good for... player. He's a very good player. If you haven't heard of him, he's a yeah, he's, he's not staying at the end of the season. Yeah, he's, it's he's going for more than 20 gone. million. Yeah. And so yeah that that's my prediction i guess um and with that i guess yannick thank you so much for coming on where just give our fans a rundown where they can follow you where they can follow more info about your podcast and just where yeah. you can keep up with your work i guess it's it's quite easy they can follow psv podcast everywhere so uh, um, that, that's her name uh, and if you want to follow me uh, uh, you can follow me at Yannick Ailing, uh, my name in an E-L-I-N-G. 
uh, on Twitter or Instagram or something you like, but um, the PSV podcast, it's in Dutch. So if you're a Dutchie listening to this amazing podcast, you, you can listen to that one. And uh, yeah, it was great uh, talking to you guys. I'm, I'm even more excited for the match now. I, I just want to give a shout out to PSV fans as well, because, okay, in Greece, Ajax is 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 better known than than PSV because well Olympiakos has played Ajax many times in Europe and Panathinaikos as well they've had uh, historic clashes in in European competition uh, we both wear red and white okay Ajax wears red and white too but PSV is wearing the red stripes. and white stripes yeah. so I just want to give a shout out to PSV fans as well uh, made the best team win and uh, yeah looking forward to the game thanks for thanks for joining us Yannick. Thanks very much. And thank you to the listeners if you've made it this far. Make sure to continue to interact with us on social media at Gate7INTL. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, even Reddit. So check us out, give us a like, give us a follow, and interact with us. We're always discovering new listeners and interacting with people. We love the interactions. And if you enjoy the podcast or if you hate the podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcast Reviews, Spotify. I'm not sure where else you can do it. And as Peter always says, we will read the reviews live on the podcast. So feel free to leave those reviews. Thank you guys for listening. And let's see what we can do on Thursday. See ya.